Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 1 of This Won't Teach You Anything. I'm glad to be back. It's been a few weeks since the end of Season 1, and a lot has changed. So let's time capsule this. And in the time since I've been gone, two vaccines have been approved for COVID-19. So it looks like these may be the baby steps of getting back to some kind of normal. And I hate that term, some kind of normal. I want to be back to normal, not some kind of normal. So right now, hopefully that gets us back to uh, the normal we all want to get back to. Enough about real world worry and things of that nature. Other things that have gone on, Warner Brothers has made the stunning announcement to go ahead and release all their major motion pictures simultaneously on HBO Max. So uh, Netflix is going to get a run for their money here, uh, at least for 2021, now that uh, Warner Brothers has uh, announced doing that. The first one, as we mentioned before, is going to be Wonder Woman 1984. That comes out on December 25th, but it also covers anything else that Warner Brothers was planning to theatrically release in 2021. Seems like there's a split on what people think of all this, you know, for a lot of people, especially people who maybe didn't go to movies a lot. It seems like a big win for them. They can pay one price and get these films um, delivered right to their house, uh, essentially. So in the times of COVID and not wanting to go out, uh, Warner Brothers, you know, has just decided not to sit on these things and get them out there and, and find a way to make money. Um, not everybody's happy about it. Christopher Nolan, the director writer of uh, the Dark Knight trilogy, uh, Interstellar and and uh, Dunkirk and uh, many others, is not a fan of this. Um, I, I think that the industry, you're going to see a big split. We just had in more recent news um Tom Cruise making a very um, impassioned uh, uh, speech, I guess, on the set of Mission Impossible 7. And I say that tongue in cheek because he was laying down a verbal tongue lashing on two members of the crew for not staying uh, socially distant on set. Uh, apparently, um, he takes it as, as a uh, producer on the film. He takes this very seriously and... Um, in a profanity-laced tirade, uh, chastising these crew members for uh, not taking the responsibility they have seriously and uh, fearing that uh, other productions may shut down if some of these bigger scale productions like Mission Impossible 7 don't pull off uh, the, the uh, shooting schedule and prove that you can go ahead in this time of COVID um, – make a major motion picture. So he wants to be seen as um, an example of how to go ahead and do this. And he was really, you know, it, I was afraid before hearing the, uh, the tirade that it was going to come off as spoiled actor. And it really didn't. I mean, it came off as a guy and he says so much that was really upset that there, you know, if, if film production isn't able to re resume on a large scale that there's people in the industry that are going to lose their jobs that are going to um, not be able to provide for their families. And I'm not talking about the actors and the directors. I'm talking about the, the, the lower level crews. If you don't know what I'm talking about uh, or haven't heard it, just Google Tom Cruise, mission impossible seven COVID tirade. Um, that should go ahead and, and enable you to find it. Of course, this was recorded by somebody without his, 
uh, knowing so, but it still, I think, sends a message that, hey, you know, we are all in this together. So no matter what your feelings of of anything, and again, I'm not going to get political, it just, you know, for things to happen, we have to get by uh, and through COVID somehow. So not going to get preachy on it. Uh, that's just the entertainment portion of of that whole uh, speech by Tom Cruise. In other goings on, um, there's some really great streaming TV going on. I'm not going to, this show isn't going to be about it, but uh, recently finished up uh, a show called The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. And I'll tell you, uh, it was one suggested by my wife. And it, on the surface, it doesn't look like something that would grab your attention, but it is. Um, it, it's one of those where you want to see what happens next and seems completely original to me based off of a novel of the same name, seven episodes, Netflix. Um, it is, it is for adults. So not, uh, you know, not going to get the family around with small kids and watch, but it's not a, um, it's not a, a horror film or anything like that. It's just, it's a character study is what it is, but it's, you know, it's, it's difficult to watch in parts, but um, has to do with an orphaned girl who uh, ends up taking up chess and becomes a master at it. And it kind of follows her. And it's interesting the way that it works. doesn't follow a typical structure of, of a lot of uh, scripts that you see. It starts out where a lot of, um, a lot of films may have this part sort of in the middle um, or, or two thirds of the way in to the film as far as structure of the story goes, but don't want to say too much more. Great, uh, great, uh, show highly recommended. Again, that's the queen's gambit on Netflix. Um, uh, next week, uh, we'll be talking, uh, another favorite show of mine. And if you've listened to the podcast, it's no surprise that, um, I'm going to be covering the Mandalorian as a huge, uh, Star Wars fan, um, the Mandalorian is firing on all cylinders right now. As of at the time I'm recording this, uh, we're a few days away from the finale of season two, but uh, just one great episode after another we're having. So again, we'll be covering the Mandalorian. I've got a special small surprise uh, on uh, regarding the Mandalorian, and I'll put. Um, I might talk about it at the end of this episode, what that small surprise might be. All right, enough about what's been going on and what's going to go on in the future on this show. Right now, it's Christmas time, and I want to talk about my favorite Christmas film. And that film is A Christmas Story. Released in 1983, it stars Melinda Dillon as Mom, Darren McGavin as The Old Man, and Peter Billingsley as Ralphie. The film takes place in 1940 in a fictional Indiana town called Homan, and it's based off a book by author Gene Shepard uh, titled In God We Trust, all others pay cash, and it was it draws some uh, from some other uh, stories as well. So it's not it's not just a book called a Christmas Story. 
And even though it takes place in 1940, to me, it's so relatable. Even though I was nowhere near alive in 1940, the story is about a little boy's quest to get a Red Ryder BB gun, the thing that he thinks he wants most in the world. So I think we can all relate to being younger and just thinking of, of this one thing that we needed to have at some point in our life when we were, were smaller and how small our world is, that that's all we need. For me, uh, it was an X-Wing fighter from Star Wars. Uh, that was... That was the world that's what i needed to have and i can remember you know through the years as i look back santa is a parent's uh for those who celebrate christmas a parent's greatest weapon and i mean that because the age-old santa's watching you know you've got a song that talks about uh, uh better watch out better not cry Better not pout, I'll tell you why Santa Claus is coming to town. So, you know, parents, my parents would use that, that you had to behave, you had to be good, you had to help, and I was glad to do it. If there was something that I, if there was uh, something, uh, a pot of gold at the end of the uh, Christmas rainbow, that's, I was going to do what I needed to to get to that. And I think at its core, that's what a Christmas story is. The small world of uh, Ralphie Parker and his his quest to obtain that treasure. And along the way, uh, it's just a really funny uh, film, a heartfelt film with uh, Ralphie's um, lovingly dysfunctional family and his friends, Flick and Schwartz, and his little brother, Randy. Uh, Any of us who have uh, younger siblings We all know that we never wanted our younger siblings around hanging out with us and our friends. Um, But you'd inevitably get told by your parents, take your brother with you. And so you'd you'd try and lose him or you'd try and ditch him and and hang out with your friends to be cool. There's some of that in here, but you have, you know, all the things that that most of us went through. Uh, There's bullies. uh, There's redemption. There's getting to Santa Claus when those of us who celebrated Christmas were small and believed in Santa Claus that you know if I could just get to Santa and tell him what I want then I'm all is good so uh, it really takes me back to when I was younger and um, you know when when the world was smaller and things were so much more simple that it was just a toy could make everything better or in this case a BB gun Another thing about the film, uh, the characters are are just so great. Darren McGavin as the old man is, uh, it, it's his all-time performance in this film. Um, uh, he just captures the essence of the angry dad who just wants to come home from work and relax. And... Um, he provides for his family, but in 1940, it's get home and relax at that point. Um, I can relate to him when he is fixing something and his use of obscenities while doing so. It, uh, it, it just, it's been one of my favorite performances for a long, long time. There's so many uh, great quotes in the film. 
uh, something so simple in the way that it's used. A great quote that that he has in here. Um, he wins this major award, and even if you've never seen a Christmas story, there's a chance, a good chance, you've seen a lone leg turned into a lamp with a, a lace um, thigh high on and a high heel. And if you don't know what it is, and I'm sure there can't be many of you who don't at least know where that comes from, especially when you see him around Christmas. And what the hell does that have to do with Christmas? Well, it's from a Christmas story, the leg lamp. Um, there's a scene in there where the um, spoiler alert, the leg lamp is destroyed and just a simple line that is said I don't want to lay out the whole scene but it's just the delivery of the line you used up all the glue on purpose something like that and the delivery and the context and the look on his face is just phenomenal my other favorite character uh, is actually a character um, that we see on screen as a youngster, but who narrates a film as an adult. And that's Ralphie as an adult, who's played by Gene Shepard, who's the narrator of A Christmas Story, and who also helped write the screenplay and the, and the short stories that, that this was uh, the film was based off of. And it adds so much to the film. The... The quotes that he has, are, they're so numerable. I had mentioned before that the character of the old man uh, does go ahead and use a lot of obscenity. And in the film, it's usually with uh, unintelligible words and made up stuff uh, that that you get the sense in the way they're delivered that it's bad words and, and other characters, the way they react. But the narration over the top of it when things are happening is just the writing is so good. Uh, one episode... Uh, that he has is uh, he's uh, working on something and really laying out of uh, you know a string of obscenity and so the narration over that part of it is in the heat of battle my father wove a tapestry of obscenities that as far as we know is still hanging in space over Lake Michigan and again going back to the um, the character of the old man uh, another uh quote from the narration is and one of my favorites maybe my favorite in the film my father worked in profanity the way other artists might work in oils or clay it was his true medium a master in addition to the characters there's other things that i think uh speak to people you know especially in a movie about kids that are growing up themes that are still relevant today maybe with a little more comedic spin uh, put on them for the film, but there's things like, you know, bullying is touched on, you know, who your friends are. Um, and it gives us a little bit of, of, you know, that revenge factor of, you know, always wanting the bullies to get theirs. There's that in there. There's a relationship between uh, a mother and her child, which, you know, for a lot of the movie is, is very comedic and, and done for laughs, not the slapstick in your face type of stuff, but just kind of the, uh, in the way things are said. But you see a really special relationship between Ralphie and his mother uh, throughout uh, throughout the film, and the same thing with with Ralphie and his father. You really get the idea that the relationship that Re Ralphie ends up having with his father and something that his father does is just 
really a big step for a man in 1940 um, to go ahead and do. You know, you really get the feeling that men are men and they're supposed to be, you know, um, this imposing person of the household. And so when something happens towards the end of the film, it's just it's unexpected and, and really heartwarming at the same time. And going along with the heartwarming theme, as I've said, you know, the movie and the, and the way it takes you is through a, a small kid's quest of getting that uh, thing he most or at least thinks he most desires. It really is um, a, a film about a family and, you know, how they how they spend their time and their holidays together. And it seems really dysfunctional. But you learn that it's not about uh, the things that you get or, you know, the day-to-day grind. It's who you spend that time with and the situations you're in. They may not be the most ideal, uh, especially around the holidays for some people. But as a family, they make the most of it and make some great memories along the way. And I really enjoy the the closing uh, narration by Gene Shepard at the end of the film. It's it's really, really well done. Uh, don't want to read it here for the, the two of you, I'm guessing, that haven't seen this film. Uh, but I would encourage you to watch it if you haven't seen it and watch it with your kids. It's something that they can go ahead and, and see. Um, but I think it's, it's something that you can build a tradition on uh, watching. I know I like to set my family down a couple times, even though they get a little restless, uh, you know, to, to watch these Christmas films um, around this time of year. Some interesting things about A Christmas Story is over the years, it's, it's become one of the more most popular Christmas films of all time. What people may not know is that when it was released in 1983, it wasn't a huge hit. Um, its box office was around $19 million uh, during its theatrical run. So it's had, uh, it had a bit of a slow burn to really catch on. And some of the, sometimes you don't know why or how something catches on later on when it never did in the beginning. So uh, another movie I can think of that did that and probably, you know, a, a bigger film, uh, The Wizard of Oz released in 1939 was was a flop the studio didn't even recover their production cost for it and it's um i think um estimated that it's the most watched film of all time so you just never know uh you know where lightning is going to strike and a christmas story on a lesser scale is that same type of success story that it's a slow burn that just um that, that's here to stay and uh and people, families uh, who've seen it, the parents saw it when they were little, are now um, grown up and watching it with their kids, or in some cases, maybe introducing it to their grandkids. And I think it's so important, especially these days of all the digital and, and tech that's out there, as I say this to you guys listening to this on your mobile phone, uh, that can do about everything, uh, it's important to... to uh, pull the family in and make traditions that don't have anything to do with technology. Um, If Christmas is your thing, if Hanukkah is your thing, Kwanzaa, if anything, you know, brings to you together around this time of year or any time of year uh, that is family related, 
encourage them to put down the phones and spend two hours, uh, you know, doing something together that doesn't involve all the tech. And I don't mean to be preachy about it, but Christmas is a perfect time, um, the holiday season here, to go ahead and and, and reconnect with your family and um, and just get away from uh, all the distractions. Uh, decorating the tree uh, this year at my house, my uh, youngest daughter was so much more engaged this year in, in decorating the tree. And it started out with her being annoyed that we were actually breaking her away from what she wanted to do, which was play Fortnite or talk to her friends on the phone, text them and, and whatnot. And we, we had her put it down and she came in begrudgingly and an hour or so in was really into it. And it was so welcome to see with the way that things are these days. So that's my sermon slash recommendation of A Christmas Story. If you've seen it, watch it again, especially this year. Uh, you can catch it on TNT, I believe, or TBS. Plays it, uh, Turner owns the rights to it on television. Watch it Watch it with your family. Watch it by yourself. And, and just in, enjoy it for, for the great Christmas family film that it is. I want to thank you for listening to the show and sticking with us into uh, season two here. We will be taking a one week break because on Friday, the next Friday after this episode comes out is Christmas Day. So I'll be taking that off, but I will return on uh, January 1st of 2021. Thank God for 2021. As I mentioned before, next episode, we'll be talking uh, The Mandalorian. So Yes, again, dipping back into Star Wars territory. And I mentioned uh, a little special surprise is going to be I had an opportunity to spend a couple of minutes with Ashley Eckstein, who voices the character of Ahsoka Tano in The Clone Wars. And with The Mandalorian, if you follow it, big reveal in there. So it's, it's very timely to speak to the voice of Ahsoka Tano, who had brought her to life uh, from the beginning of her journey in Star Wars. So very exciting. Real quick, couple minutes, so not some big, long interview, but uh, she couldn't have been kinder, and I look forward to uh, playing some of that for you on uh, the next episode. But until then, I thank you, I appreciate you all, and want to remind you that uh, the ways you can follow the show are uh, at Twitter, at This Won't Teach, Instagram, this underscore, won't underscore, teach underscore, you underscore, anything. Email this won't teach at gmail.com and Facebook at this won't teach. So again, drop me a line if you have any questions, uh, something you'd like to see covered, questions about something that I have covered. If I've screwed something up, let me know. Um, and we'll uh, address it uh, on one of the future episodes. Again, thank you all for listening. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. And thank you for listening to This Won't Teach You Anything. Anything.